Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. I am once again your host, Edwin Adams, and you know what? It's always a privilege to have somebody on the other side of the microphone with me, but but today, this feels like family because um, my brother from another mother, Adam Martin, is with me, Dr. Adam Martin, and he is probably one of the most captivating and influential speakers in the pharmacy space that I have ever met, and I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about some of those pivotal moments and transformations in his life. So Adam, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for the kind introduction, my friend. It's an awesome pleasure to be here. So Adam, you came to fame known as the fit pharmacist. Can you, can you kind of tell us that story and your story? Uh, because I know there are some good growth and transformational experiences that have, that have happened along the way and you being named, you know, so many things these days. I want to get into your accolades too that you've most recently earned. For sure, man. So uh, whenever I was in high school, I was looking for a career and I wanted to be a vet because I loved animals. So I volunteered at a vet hospital because I thought, oh, I'm going to play with puppies all day. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to get paid to play with puppies. Well, that's not exactly what it is. So for good reason, a lot of animals get put to sleep like every day and they're in pain, they're suffering. So it's for a good reason to get them out of misery, but I, I just couldn't deal with it. So my view of what a veterinarian was, was totally off. So that's where I first learned the value of mentorship and getting out and trying things. So I was about to graduate high school and I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Also around that time, I got the news that my mom was diagnosed with extremely aggressive cancer. And I didn't know it at the time, but she was given less than six months to live at her time of diagnosis. And with that, we were in the pharmacy most days of the week picking up medication. And just a backstory, I, I, there's no pharmacists that are in my family. Uh, there's no neighbors that are pharmacists. There's no friends that are pharmacists at the time. So I had zero clue what a pharmacist even was. And just going in the pharmacy, all I knew is there's this smart dude in a white coat running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to take care of people. And that's literally what my definition of a pharmacist was until I started to see the humanity that came out. And it started to become really apparent that these people dispensed way more than just medication. They dispensed hope to the hopeless, and they also gave a source of just support to a total stranger. And that really grabbed my attention, that literally a stranger would care so much about someone else that, you know, there, there's, no, there's no accolades, there's no like upsell where you're trying to do this for an ulterior motive. It's, they're just good people. And I was like, I want to do that. That's like, that's really cool being able to do that for someone. And they come to you in this trusting position and, and you take that responsibility and you're able to dispense that kind of humanity and support. So I started on my journey into pharmacy school. And right around that time, I was actually dealing with depression with my mom and with everything else. Cause I didn't, I wasn't really trained on how to manage my emotions. So I started to try and kind of figure out like how am I going to deal with this? And some kids in my math class that were, you know, friends of mine, I heard them talking and they're like, Oh, we're going to go lift after class. And I, I don't know what compelled me to do it. Cause I was very introverted at the time, but I said, can I come? Which at the time that was like big for me to like invite myself like that. 
now you're probably like, yeah, that's, that's no problem. But no, I was a real introverted, quiet boy back in the day. I know that's hard to believe. So we went and it worked out. And as time went on, I kept going. And we started with, I think there were like seven or eight of us. And as time went on, it was down to six and then five and then four. And I was literally last man standing because I just fell in love with lifting weights. It gave me confidence because I was a scrawny kid. Uh, and it allowed me to just build up myself and, and help me deal with my emotions. And it really helped me to manage everything I was going through. And I thought, this is fantastic. So I applied to pharmacy school and I had a great why. I had a great mission, but there was a problem. I got rejected. That's right. I had this real clear purpose, this drive of, I'm going to be this pharmacist that helps people that when people are on their deathbed or they get really bad news, they're just dealing with stuff. I don't have to necessarily do an overhaul on their life, but I'm in a position of access and trust so that I can just dispense just a little glimmer of hope and literally become a hope dealer, which is one of the things I'm known as today. So I was rejected from pharmacy school and I had a choice. My choice was, am I going to take this and, and pivot? Am I going to listen to what I was told? And I was told, you're not cut out for this. It's too competitive. You don't have the grades, which was true. I didn't have the grades. So I had to take a dose of humility and realize that I needed to step up my game and start innovating because what I've been doing all this time ain't working. So I either got to change my course or change my career. So I decided to really buckle down and I reached out, took massive action, got involved in organizations as a pre-pharmacy student, went into the pharmacy school just to be known and to, to know how it worked and, and to, to learn from people and just ask questions. And I was there so much, people thought I was a student and they're like, what class are you in? I'm like, oh, not yet. <laughs> but that's, 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 all, that's the real talk. So I ended up reapplying the next year and I, I, I didn't exactly get accepted. I was what was called waitlisted, which literally means we want all these other people in and we gave them an offer. But if they say no, we'll let you in. And that's literally what waitlisting is. And you can't sugarcoat it. That's the truth. So I, as luck would have it, I was the last person to get accepted into my class. And I was thrilled. And I said, I am not going to waste this opportunity. And from there, it was just grind, hustle, and literally make the most of every single opportunity and day. And I know that that's cliche and you hear that, but I literally went into every single day with that intention. Became president of my class, was super involved, uh, went across the country to seven conferences as a student. And then when I graduated, I was named the most likely professional to innovate pharmacy. Um, and the dean actually awarded me, so this blew my mind. Got rejected from getting in, and now I'm about to graduate and I get a phone call from the dean while I'm in DC at the FDA on rotation my last year. And she's like, I personally award one guy and one girl a scholarship that I think is going to innovate the profession. And it's for $10,000. And I pick you. And this just like, pfft. I was like, what? And it just got me rethinking things such that if you can be dealt this hand or you can have all this kind of things against you. What if you just flip that script? What, what if you come to realize that your setback was actually a setup for you to be successful in a way that people wouldn't expect? And now I started with fitness. So coming to pharmacy school, so I told you of getting in, 
And what I started to realize is it, I was getting really into fitness and more so into nutrition during this time. I started to realize that if I slept well, basically did all the good things, slept well, ate well, I had incredible workouts and I got stronger and everything else. And the same time, if I ate well and slept well, I'd be able to focus and be at the top of my game mentally in the classroom. But if I partied too hard and had piss poor sleep, my workouts would suck, my mood wouldn't be that great, and I just would be foggy headed in the classroom. So it became this dichotomy of things that are good for fitness are good for pharmacy. And right after I graduated pharmacy school, my Instagram was just on the scene back in the day. And I had no clue what it was. And my friends were like, dude, you need to make Instagram. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And they're like, oh, just, just, pick, just pick a name that, that represents what you do. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm fitness and pharmacy. I'll be the fit pharmacist. So that's literally where it came from. And I just started to share my passion for fitness and just how to dispense your full potential. And I, and I, honestly, I thought everyone loved their job. I thought everyone loved fitness. I, I didn't think like that was really that unique. But when I started to go to conferences and I started to see on Facebook and other things, how people were complaining and finding that it was so stressful that they didn't have the energy to work out and that there was no time to eat healthy. And because we worked 14 hours without a lunch break. And that's not an exaggeration. That's actually reality. So it does create challenges, but because I was so committed to that, I just innovated and found a way. So these people that were struggling, I just started sharing tips. Like, here's what you can do. Like, I faced that hardship too. Here's how I overcame it. Then I started to form a community because I started to connect with either pharmacy students or pharmacists that were just leaders and excelling. And without fail, every time those same people prioritize their fitness, not necessarily all physical fitness, being certain strength or looking a certain way, but mental fitness and just prioritizing their self-care. So I started to share their story and created something four years ago called Fit Pharmacist Friday because I'm a dork and I love alliteration. So that just exploded and took off. And I started featuring people every single Friday. And across, it, it's for, at first it was like just local, but then it went global. People literally all over the world, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, uh, U Ukraine, uh, Ireland, like everywhere. And it just became this momentum of passion that just led me to a lot of different areas. So I, I just want to give a bird's eye view of, of that story. I hope I didn't dwell on too long, but that's how I came to be in pharmacy, how the fit pharmacist came to be, and uh, how I'm uh, so blessed to be sitting here talking with you today. Good gracious. There is a lot to cover there, Adam. Um, yeah, I hope we can fit it in one show. Golly. Okay, so lots to talk about, Adam. Um, and I guess the first word that I'd like to talk about, since you, you mentioned it multiple times, is innovation. Yeah. Um, I learned from Tony Robbins a, a few weeks ago that winter is the best time for planting. And he was using, you know, this season of, of fear and anxiety that COVID has placed in front of us as uh, an opportunity, kind of like you said, shifting it from, from one perspective to another. And Tony's really, really good about that. And he challenged us and said, I hope you 
here attending this business mastery event have been planting for the past seven months because that's where your opportunity is going to grow from is what you did in 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 season winter is is our season he just kept saying winter is our season and i think you've done exactly that from some early experiences in your life you've learned the value of innovation how do you translate that though for people who don't have the perspective yet and can't see the opportunity because they're still in the victim mindset how do you how do you move them from from here to here in innovating and seeing opportunity a different way absolutely so that's an excellent question and i agree 100% with what tony says and what what you and i have been doing throughout this covid season and adversity is opportunity now don't hear what i'm not saying i'm not discounting hardship i'm not saying that your feelings and your your struggles are invalid those are real Y'all know that, but what I am saying is that with adversity also comes opportunity. And I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine that you're sitting on a beach, okay? If you're a student, you, your, your school's done. There's, there's no exams. If you got a job, you're on vacation. Your shifts are covered. Literally, there's nothing to worry about. Your kids are taken care of if you got kids. All's good. There's literally no worries. You're sitting on a beach. Now, someone is talking to you about changing your life. They happen to be a life coach and they're telling you about how great it could be. Well, if everything is good, there's no reason to change, is there? Because if you're sitting on the beach and everything's peachy, why would you change that? However, if a storm came, let's say a tropical storm, like one that's happening right now, one of the 40 natural disasters that's happened this 2020, am I right? You're going to make some changes. And looking at human action, regardless of what it is, humans make actions based on one of two decisions. They either act to seek pleasure or avoid pain. And if you think about any decision you've made in your recent past or any big decisions, I guarantee that it boils down to you either going after pleasure or avoiding pain. Every single action you make has been tied to that. The question is, which one is a bigger driving force? So I want to play a game. I want you to think about waking up. So let's say, let's rewind to this morning, okay? Let's say you got a notification from your bank that says you just got $10,000. You'll probably be pretty excited. You'll, you might log out and log in just to make sure you weren't seeing things. You, and then you'll see that it's still $10,000. You'll probably be pretty excited. You'll probably start to dream and say, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you're going to be excited, right? Now, I want you to shake that off. And I want you to rewind back to this morning, okay? Now, I want you to imagine you woke up and you got an email saying that you're $10,000 in the hole. $10,000 was just taken from you. And maybe you don't have 10,000 right now. Let your negative 10,000 bank account. How would you react now? Would you just stare at the computer, log out and log in? No, you would pick up the phone and call the bank. Dude, WTF, what the hell? Someone got my money, blah, blah, blah. You would be freaking out taking massive action because you want to avoid that pain. 
See the difference. Mm -hmm. So while pain sucks, and I'm not minimizing that terrible experience, there is always something good to be had, and there's always innovation to come from adversity. And that's really the lesson here, is that if things are great, there's no reason to change. But when shit hits the fan, when you wake up and 10 grand is stolen from you, you're gonna take massive action because you wanna avoid that pain. Mm -hmm. So while every action is tied to either seeking pleasure or avoiding pain, avoiding pain is a much stronger driving force. So when you're in adversity and experiencing pain, you can either play the victim card, which will change absolutely nothing, and you'll be stuck there playing on repeat in a loop. Wow, life's so unfair. I'm so wronged. I've had such a terrible upbringing. This person did that over and over, and jack shit won't change. But if you say this sucks and I refuse to stay in this situation, I'm going to take ownership, even though it's unfair, even though this person did me wrong, even though I was slighted, even though I didn't get the promotion or the job that I worked for and rightfully earn and deserve, I refuse to be stuck in this pain and I'm going to take back control and do something to overcome it and take this adversity and turn it into innovation to create the life that I desire and deserve. Now, which option would you pick? That's what innovation is. That's what leaders are, and that's how it happens. It comes from adversity. And I think looking around, this is being filmed through the middle of COVID. I'm sure wherever you guys are, whether you're in school, or you're a business, or you're an entrepreneur, you've seen leaders come out of the woodwork, stepping up because they just couldn't take it anymore. They couldn't take their job, their environment, their living situation. Maybe they were a restaurant that just went through a shithole, like restaurant business, Ah, the only thing worse than restaurant business are parents. Like y'all got a bad deal this year, but I, my heart goes out to you for real. But anyway, back to, I, I digress. Um, what I'm saying is the leaders have come out because of adversity, because they just felt compelled. And the same token, you've probably seen people in leadership positions who you've probably had a change of respect for because they've chosen to not act. They've chosen to play the victim card and they've chosen to just cancel the event and not innovate and make it virtual. They've chosen to not address concerns and say, we'll deal with that later. That's not leading. That's being a boss. Leading, being a leader is getting in the ring and not telling people what to do but showing them, leading them through your actions, how to overcome the crap that you're dealing with right now. That's a big difference. You have every right to sit back if you're a manager or a leader or a boss or whatever. You have every right, you are entitled to sit back and play your management card and, and say, do this, do that and delegate. And no one would judge you for it. But imagine if you shifted your role from just being a boss to being a leader and leading by action and how much respect would be earned from those that you lead from the action you chose to take from stepping up in a season of adversity when there's so much uncertainty when there's so much fear when there's so much pain and loss and being a lighthouse for those people imagine after this storm of covid blows over how loyal they will be 
and how they'll never forget that when shit hits the fan, our boss stepped up. He was there. And they'll never forget it. And they'll always feel like not they have to do this, but that they want to help you to serve you, to work as a team, to get your mission successfully executed. And that makes a huge difference. Incredible. Yeah, um, I, I'm remembering back, I would say it was within, within a week of the country absolutely shutting down that John Maxwell got on the phone with all of us, his coaches, and said, look, this is leadership in crisis. And, and you know, when you first hear that, you go, Oh, wow. Yeah. Leadership stuck in a crisis. And he went, I know what you're thinking. That's not what I'm saying. This is your opportunity to be a leader inside of a crisis situation that we've never had before. Here's how I think you can be successful. Mm-hmm. So uh, an- another thing John Maxwell always says is a, a leader sees more and sees before. John saw the writing on the wall just as Tony Robbins did and said, winter is the best time for planting. And that's exactly what I've, what I've seen you do. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of all these great examples of leadership, but then I'm, I'm taken back to that person sitting in their chair on the beach with their Corona under the umbrella, not knowing any better though. Not, not, not just thinking that, man, life is good right now but not even being self-aware enough to know that there's, there's opportunity for me because I have a higher value contribution that I'm giving myself credit for. So I, Adam, I have to believe there's a step just before sitting on the beach and being satisfied that you at least have to be knowledgeable enough to know whether that's reality or not. Take me there. Yeah, absolutely. And that really comes to what makes people happy? So if sitting at, in a beach, and, a, and again, I'm all about relaxation. I promote self-care. That's kind of where my whole brand and business came from. And it's still what I do to this day. But if lounging and kicking it on the beach every single day makes you feel genuinely happy and fulfilled. And again, you can say you're fine and not feel it internally. You can bullshit everyone else but the one person you can never bullshit is yourself. So if you can honestly say, looking yourself in the mirror to yourself, that's sitting on the sidelines and doing that over and over again makes you feel happy and fulfilled, then more power to you. That's you, if that makes you genuinely happy. But what I tend to find is that too many people are smiling for the camera and dying behind the scenes. That's what the norm is. And it takes courage. It takes a lot of leadership of yourself in order to acknowledge that, but then to act on it. So if that's you, if you've been telling people you're fine, happy, and content, but inside you know that there's a lot more to give, this is what you do. You do something, anything. Because if you try to do everything, you'll end up doing nothing. So all you have to do is get started. And the best place to find that is looking back at why you started in the first place. 
chances are, if you're listening to this or watching this and you have this feeling, this didn't just happen. You're not 15 listening to this. You went on an endeavor at some point in your life, whether that was high school or college or after, whatever, you went on some sort of quest for yourself, for some sort of enlightenment or growth or your end goal or whatever. And maybe you achieved that and you didn't have the next goal in mind, which can be a huge killer. Success can be dangerous in certain situations. So if you're feeling that way, I want you to go back to that last journey you had and ask yourself, why did I go on that? Was it for growth? Was I inspired by someone? Maybe you went to make more money because you really wanted to get your kid set for their life so that they would have to not worry about money to go to college if they choose to do that. But then they ended up going to college and now you don't really have, you know, the goal's over. So ask yourself the last quest you went on, why did you go on that? And if you reconnect with that why, that might just be the seed you need to replant to discover and ask if that's something that has died or something that needs water and sunlight, that is the work and exploration from you to start that growth process. That's the simple thing that I would recommend if you're feeling like this, how to kind of break out from that mold. Yeah, I appreciate that, Adam. I, I think if, if there's one question I get more than any other, it comes from younger people thinking they should have already found their why by now. Ah. That their purpose and passion uh, should arrive on the map as if they got in the car and drove to it and they knew it was coming and they knew it was coming and then, ah, I'm, this is my why moment. Tell me, you discovered yours really over time, yours has morphed and evolved into something really influential that we'll get to in, in just a minute. But I would argue that you could not have envisioned what no. you have now when you made the decision to go to the gym that first time a long ago, you had no idea what your future held and that your purpose and passion is just now taking some incredible shape, right? Yeah, real talk. I mean, guys, when I started my quote journey in high school, I wanted to get paid to play with puppies. That's literally what I thought I would end up doing. And like, I'm not, no. <laughs> so it will morph, it will evolve, but it's not the end game. It's finding what your purpose is for the time you're in now. And this is something that I learned over time. Your calling, your life, your endeavors will always require a different version of you, depending on where that is. That's an evolutionary process. And I'm not talking about like Scientology or anything like that. I'm talking about personal development and growth. That's what I mean. So when you find your why, and let's say you meet that goal or exceed that goal or whatever, it doesn't mean you can rest on your laurels. It doesn't mean you can just kick your feet up. It means you need to start asking some new questions. And this happened to me. I graduated pharmacy school uh, in 2012, and I thought I made it. Like, I hit my goal. Like, I got into pharmacy school. I'm a doctor. I graduated. Uh, I grew up never having cable, so I bought a TV, um, and I had a full-time job. So I literally would watch Netflix, go to the gym, go to work, and I felt like a million bucks for three months. And then I started to slowly die inside. 
And I didn't understand why. Because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Go to work and come home. That's life. But I started to have some honest conversations. And there was this burning fire inside that I wasn't developing to the point where I felt like I was literally slowly dying. Like I wasn't utilizing all my skills. Uh, I wasn't like fulfilled. And it started to plant questions like, why do I feel this way? What does make me fulfilled? And I just started exploring and poking into that. And here's what happened. I had some people reach out because like I said, I was sharing stuff on Instagram and I had some people keep asking the same question. How do I eat healthy in a stressful environment? So I thought, what if I took my thoughts and wrote an article and just put it out there? I'm not like, I didn't, I didn't even know what blogging was at this time. Okay. So I was like, I'll just make a, like a how to guide, not, not, not a PDF, not an ebook. We're, we're, we're way back. We're way back. I didn't even know what those words meant at this time. Okay. I literally like word document, word document. All right. And I put it out there and something interesting happened. People found value. It helped them. I would get messages saying this really helped. I didn't think of it that way. I thought like I've never met a pharmacist that was healthy. So what was modeled for me is unhealthy pharmacists or someone that doesn't like pharmacy and is healthy. There's like a dichotomy. I never thought I could be healthy and be a good pharmacist until I found your page. And I started hearing that over and over and over again. And I thought, I'm not special. I'm just sharing this stuff. You guys are way more smart than me. You know? So I started to just realize that and say, you know, I, I might be thinking a different way. It might be that these people are trained and super intelligent, but they, they're not thinking of it in this, in this lane of overcoming these obstacles. So that's where I really started to focus on. I was like, where have I struggled in my career and how have I overcome those? So I started to put more content out there and the same thing started happening, but it started to grow. And I started getting messages from people in other countries, which I thought was freaking crazy. I was like, what is that? Like, who am I? But I started to see that this actually was helping people and it blew my mind. Then Pharmacy Times picked up on it, uh, which if you're not in pharmacy, it's literally the biggest pharmacy publication in the profession. Uh, Facebook, they've got over 900,000 followers, this and that. So they said, hey, we see your writing. Would you like to write articles for us? So because I explored and just tried something, I started to help people. That started to grow. It started to get attention. That led me from that one article. I've now published over 400 articles on that, on that sort of topic. I've written two books that are published. Uh, I have a blog that's one of the biggest blogs in the profession. I, and it just keeps transforming. I keep creating content and solutions and it keeps evolving. So what was writing turned into podcasting. What was podcasting turned into a professional speaking career. What turned into a speaking career now is the potential to become a teaching career. So it's an evolutionary process. It's not start A and, and end B. It's a, I think this will happen, but really that's what's going to happen. And that's why I adapted this 
mindset of how to approach life endeavors and pretty much everything. And it's having structured flexibility. So structure, meaning you have to have a plan. You have to have some sort of intent or idea for what you're going to do. But the flexibility part, that's, that's the part I call life, you know, where things happen unexpectedly or things don't go according to plan. You know, maybe that's happened to you. I've heard it. I've heard it from other people, you know, maybe not you, but I've heard other people, but that's the flexibility component, being able to pivot when things don't go as planned, or maybe you have a plan that's perfect, but not for that time or not for that person. So being able to take that and adapt it for when it's needed for the person that's needed at the right time it's needed so that that information can be practically applied to get the outcome that you or that other person or that situation as a need for. Okay. Lots of good stuff in there. So, so what I heard you say were, were three things. Number one, anxiousness can be a, a compass point rather than, than a hindrance. So oh, yeah. if you're feeling anxious about something, it should compel you then to do something in response to the anxiousness. So that's, Absolutely. that's, yeah, more. your emotions are literally your compass. So if you have, so negative emotions aren't necessarily bad. If you don't address them, they will become bad. Yeah, they will that's disempower great. Disempower you, but they are kind of your body's very smart. Your mind's designed to help you to thrive. So if you have these negative pinpoints, it's a signal that something needs to be addressed. Something needs something is off, and if it's ignored, it's just going to grow, just like physical ailments. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that that takes me back to what Joe Dispenza says about aligning the different centers in your body. There's, there's this one, which is the thoughts and, and he aligns the feelings to the body. So mind has to be aligned with body and feelings. And when they are, you are more likely to have impact and influence and be able to see opportunity and create that which you desire. It's if you're stuck in your gut level feelings all the time, and you're not thinking into those as a compass point and you're trying to react to them so much, you're not in alignment. And therefore I think that's where human suffering comes from. So I, I think aside from anxiousness, I appreciate when you say the exploration aspect, now that the compass is pointing, I need to go explore in this area and ask new questions because you have never solved your problems and created your personal brand with the level of thinking that you had years ago when you were just starting this, you've developed a new way of evaluating experiences to create new opportunity. And then I'm gonna land the third thing is you've never defined yourself on past experiences. You define yourself, I think, with the brand that you create in the moment, which is how people see you, how I see you right now is a personal brand based on a lot of stuff that's happened to you in the past, but that is, that is re reflected experiences. But in how you show up in thought, word, and deed today is quite a brand. And I think that's the opportunity we have to define ourselves, not tomorrow, not in the past by what bad happened to us or good happened to us, but what we do with it today. And Adam, I think you, you personify a lot of that, not only in the content you put out, but simply the way you live your life in this structured, flexible way that has created an amazing human in body, mind, and spirit that has tremendous influence out there helping others 
do exactly the same thing. You're, you're helping people become better than you. And I, I applaud you for that. Well, thank you very much. And I, I appreciate what you said. And especially the last point about kind of timing is what is really important and what I really want people to hear and take away from this. And in helping a lot of pharmacists and businesses really take their brand and create that. So they have a mission or whatever, but really making a brand out of it, looking at yourself, whether you're a, a one person or multiple people or whatever it is, you need to look at yourself as, in a, as a brand and you'd be able to do that so that your message gets relayed to the people that you're looking to help. If, that, if you don't have that message clarity, you're not going to be able to be known or received that people will be able to see that you can help them. So that's what branding really is, is it's taking your passion, your skills, and asking, who am I really looking to help? Because a brand is not about you. And if you go after that, you'll fail every time. And this is why successful brands succeed. They make their brand not about themselves, but about their audience. Because the needs of an audience change from time to time. Whoever you are listening right now, you probably have a business or you're in a certain career field. The needs that your audience, your career, what's important to them right now amidst COVID, not the same last year, were they? So if you're pitching airfare flights and why it's great to you know, do photography in groups or whatever it might be, that's what you're doing last year. If you do that this year, not only will you look like an asshole, but people will now discredit you because you're not only not serving their needs, you're totally blind and oblivious to what they need right now. So when you make it about your customer, your client, your patient, whoever your end target audience is, you're able to be in contact and communication with them, listen to what they need, what adversity they're going through, and then taking what your skills are and seeing, is there a meeting point where I can take what I know, what I've been developing, what I have experience in, can I translate that to where my audience has a need right now? And that never stops. That's what branding is. And if you look at any successful brand, every single one has done that and they continue to do that. Because when you make it all about the customer, when you make it all about your audience, when you make it about the people you're serving, people start to notice and people want to do business with people who care about them. And that comes through actions. And that is what a brand is that will succeed. So if you keep that in mind and put it into practice with your marketing strategy, your social media, and that's a whole other podcast that will help you and ultimately the person you're looking to serve tremendously. Yeah, definitely. If, if, if John Maxwell has taught me anything, it's that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Yep. And the personal brand is, is the conduit by which you do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Adam, I know over the past uh, year in particular, but really for your whole professional career, you've been working to really hone this message. And finally, it's out in the world. And your influence as a personal brand strategist has really been helpful for me to define exactly who it is that I want to serve. So 
thank you for that. Now, I want people to be able to, I, I, I don't think we can give it the justice it is due with the time we have left in the show, but I want, I want people to be able to find you around this personal brand space, because I think that is a game-changing opportunity for people to pivot and transform in their lives in whatever domain they choose to do it. Because when you personal brand or create a personal brand, you really know you really well. Yes. And I think that is, that is foundational to success in any of these domains of life that we're talking about. So to, to get to the point, how can people find Dr. Adam Martin, the fit pharmacist, the most influential pharmacist in America and all the other accolades? Where do, where, where do they find you, man? So my most active on Instagram at the fit pharmacist, one word, my branding course that I actually worked on with Edwin. And that was what I innovated on through COVID is at scriptyourbrand.com. So what I started to do through COVID is just what I said. Like I'm telling you guys, listen to your audience, ask them what they need. That's what I did through COVID is I had all these passionate things, social media, fitness, nutrition, pharmacy. And I said, what do you guys want? What do you need? Where are you struggling? And it was standing out among the competition. It's crazy that we have doctorates and we're invisible. We have all this talent and it feels like we're behind. So I started to hear about personal branding. And honestly, I didn't go into it with this intention. I went into it with self-care and all the stuff I was passionate about. And over time, I started to get questions. How did you build such an impactful brand? What's your plans for your business? And I, I was like, what are you talking about? What brand? I didn't do this with like, I'm going to go build a brand. No, I just did what I did the things. And over time, about 10 years, I created this influential brand in pharmacy and pretty much healthcare. So I started to realize that there was such a need because things change and my audience needs this. They're in need of how to build a brand. And I started seeing people telling people how to build a brand, but they've never built a brand themselves. So I was like, what the hell is that about? That's not moral or ethical. So I started to realize, crap, this is my calling because I've actually built three brands from nothing. So I know how to do it because I've done it myself. And I thought, how did I, how did I do it? So I reverse engineered what worked, condensed that into a stepwise six-week course. And with you, created that as an online e-course, sharing how I went from, you're not into pharmacy school, to the most influential pharmacist in the world. So that's what I did is I broke it down. I shared all the secrets. I shared my failures so you don't have to, to make them. And I, in, in a stepwise format, here's where you start. Once you get this, here's where you go next. Here's where you go next. All the way up to how to take 10X action and become a world influencer. And that's my passion now is meeting people that have this burning desire to do something. They know why, but they don't know how and that's what i do is i help people take their why and give them the how to become an influencer in the space that they are looking to dominate with their skills and expertise yeah and it doesn't have to be in the the fitness space it doesn't have oh. to be in the pharmacy space it, wherever you are listening to this show uh, a personal the, the strategy of building a personal brand is the same right the the concepts are the same but it does vary depending on where you want to go so you hear personal brand and you instantly think social media. That's a part of it. But I have a client that is a brick and mortar business. Yes, being on social media is important, but their strategy is going to be a little bit different on how to capitalize with people walking in the door and maximize that interaction. 
So if you guys listening, you're, you know, you know, you're into business or sales, what's the easiest sale? The second sale. So if they're already in your door, they've already bought your trust. You are passing up an incredible opportunity to ask for the second sale, whether that's a Yelp review, a testimonial, a review on Facebook, interacting, getting involved with a giveaway. You're, you've got a captive audience that's already pre-qualified and so many businesses pass that up. So while the concepts are the same, the specifics depend on the client and that's why I work with them individually after the course to find out what specific strategies work best for them, their goals and where they are in their market. Well, look, for those of you listening to the show, I think this is, this is a key takeaway. If you, if you take nothing away from this episode, I want you to pay attention to what Adam just described to you. This is an opportunity and an answer for you that's sitting right with you in front of you. It, it, it's not in the past. It, it, it's not in the future. It is, it is right here today. And therefore, your opportunity um, can be gifted to you with the help of someone like Dr. Adam Martin. So Adam, thank you for coming on the show and, and showing us the way and, and helping us go the way. I think that is so critical in this transformational time that we're in and the transformational experiences we desire. Appreciate well, Edwin, that. I appreciate that. This was a huge honor and I just want to acknowledge you for the amazing work you're doing because this is such an incredible season of uncertainty We've got COVID, we've got racial injustice. Literally every single week, there's a new natural disaster. Murder hornets, Kanye wanting to run for president, all the things. There's just a natural disaster all the time. So with the season of transformation, there needs to be a voice of unification. And that's exactly what you're creating. And I commend you for that. Uh, thank you, my friend. Well, look, if anything resonated with you during this show, we appreciate feedback. We appreciate commentary. More important than that, we appreciate good reviews of the show. That's the only way this message is going to reach a larger audience. So, so please let me know, let Adam know through your comments and reviews what resonated with you most. We would most appreciate that. And I will be sure to put Dr. Martin's contact information in the show notes so that you can go find out what he's doing because you know what? He's not going to be sitting still very long in this auditorium. He's going to be doing something new, innovative, and impactful that will absolutely blow your mind. So Adam, I can't wait to see what you do next, brother. Thank you, man. We rise together. All right. A rising tide lifts all boats. So thanks for walking the walk with me, my friend. Until next time, everybody, this is the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. It's been a pleasure being with you today. Thanks for listening. Peace out, everybody.